Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Hello, everybody. This is Dave Croft, producer for the Experience of the Soul podcast channel with just a quick programming note. Uh, We will be posting part two of Process Addiction in just a few weeks, but due to the recent and tragic gun violence at Ross Elementary, Dr. Bevan Lee thought it would be best to address that right away. Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 69. Here we are, again. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. And this is Dr. Donna Bevanley, helping you heal your family legacy. Well, here we are again. Last, the last episode was on the Supreme Court, you know, the leak to overturn Roe v. Wade. I talked a lot about that. I was going to get right back to uh, process addictions today. And, but no. I was thinking about this yesterday. Okay, now, how am I going to get back to process addictions and not sound strange because I was just talking about Roe v. Wade? And then, you know, while I was thinking about that, the news came on about the latest school shooting. And I thought, I can't just go, okay, we're going to talk about process addictions today because there's been another disaster, another slaughtering of little children in their classrooms and I just can't let that go but today I want to talk about trauma because that's what this has been all about we're all traumatized anyone that has a heart and a soul is traumatized today by finding out about yet another school shooting of little kids who are second to fourth graders. And, you know, all the children that died, that's, I mean, it's just too awful to even find a word for. But there are all the other children who didn't die. This is going to mark their childhood. They are traumatized. 
And what are we going to do to help those children? What are we going to do? Um, last night, I didn't go down the rabbit hole because I thought, okay, here's the facts. And, you know, here it is. And I need to get my sleep because tomorrow I have an important couple of important items to take care of. So, but I did watch Steve Kerr, who is the coach for the Golden State Warriors. And if you didn't see him talk, you should grab it because he pretty much said what I was feeling. And that is what needs to happen. What needs to happen when yet 19 more little children are completely annihilated, slaughtered by an obviously mentally ill young man? And I say obvious because I watched the news this morning and I listened to the police chief that was being interviewed and he was good. He just gave the facts. And what he said was that his boy lived with his grandparents and he shot his grandmother before he made it to the school. And the grandmother, who at the time of this taping was clinging to life. But that right there tells you that this young man had serious trauma. He's being raised by his grandparents. Now, being raised by grandparents all by itself isn't trauma. Grandparents are great. I know I am one. And my little, you know, almost two-year-old grandson loves it every time he sees me on the FaceTime and in, you know, in person, he loves me. And I love him. And, you know, there's no trauma there, okay? The trauma is that if the grandparents are raising the child, then the child's parents are gone. Now, I don't know where they went. I don't know where they are. Probably that will come out later. But remember, I've talked a lot about you are a child. If you don't feel safe in your environment for whatever reason, that is trauma and it impacts the development of the child's brain. This 18-year-old boy just turned 18. And he went to the gun store and bought a, what I think is a weapon of mass destruction for his 18th birthday present and went out and killed a bunch of kids, shot his grandmother, and killed two adults who were at the school. Oh, and by the way, let me just remind everybody that you know, for all of those people who think, well, just put armed guards around the school. There were armed officers at that school. And it didn't help one bit because they don't have AR-15s. And God forbid we start arming people around schools with weapons of mass destruction to keep the kids safe. What insanity is that? That's what, you know, people at prisons who who are armed, you know, you see them up in the up in the lookout towers of prisons 
they don't have ARs. So, so we're going to give, is that what we have to do here? Because most of the shooters, I know in the, the one in, uh, uh, Sandy Hook was a young man. He wasn't, his brain wasn't completely formed yet. Just like this 18 year old, his brain wasn't completely formed yet. We don't even let them drink alcohol until they're 21 and they're still not making good decisions. Walk into any frat house on a college campus. There are a lot of 20 to 25 year olds in those. They don't make good decisions. So we don't let them drink alcohol, but we let them buy weapons of mass destruction with a brain that is so traumatized. Their, their frontal lobe isn't developed yet. And when it does get developed, there's going to be a lot of holes in that brain, a lot of really important connections that aren't made because of the trauma. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know this boys and I'm calling my boy just turned 18 for crying out loud. You know, anybody over the age of 40 is calling an 18 year old a boy because they are. So I don't know what all happened to this young man, but this boy, but I will tell you right now, he's seriously traumatized. And those children who survived are seriously tra traumatized. And that whole town is traumatized. As Littleton, Colorado. Do they ever get over it? No, they don't get over it. There have been suicides from the kids who, you know, who, who were not killed in Littleton. Dylan Klebold, his mother wrote a book about what it was like for her to be the mother of someone who goes in and annihilates children in a school and how horrible it was. And, you know, I talked a little bit about this before, but you know, his trauma was secret. He felt like an outsider at school. He was bullied. So I am 71 years old. I'll be 72 this year. And I grew up in the West. I'm a daughter of the Golden West. Okay. My dad was a real cowboy, not a fake one, not an urban cowboy, but a real cowboy on real ranches. And we ended up, you know, he bought, he was able to buy a cattle ranch. And, you know, he was a rodeo cowboy. My brother was a rodeo cowboy. My brother still rides horses. And, you know, every spring we know that we're going to have some kind of event that's happened because he hasn't been on a horse in a while. But that's another story. So we grew up, my point is that we grew up with guns. We were cowboys. You know, my dad taught me how to shoot. A rifle. He taught me how to shoot a handgun. We had them. It was part of our lives. I mean, you know, we hunted. My dad was a deer hunter. We all went. And while we'd sit at the campground with our little red sweatshirts on, 
you know, my dad would take one or all of us with him when he was out walking around the mountains looking for deer. And, you know, he always got one. I don't ever remember him not getting one. And we took it back and we ate the deer. It was a food issue, not a sport issue. Okay, us kids, we grew up with guns and we had trauma. Okay, that if you ever read my book, Iron Legacy, you'll know that I had serious trauma as a child. I got help for it, you know, because my brain went to, I don't understand this. I really need to understand why these things happened to me. And so instead of going into law enforcement, which, you know, law enforcement's another uh, profession that has a lot of uh, traumatized people in it. And they went into the profession to find out, you know, not to find out why it happened, but to make sure it doesn't happen again. I went into the profession that went, why? Because we have a lot of traumatized people in my profession, and we wanted to know why. Okay? But here's the deal. It's like, When we were kids on a playground or sitting in our classrooms, it never occurred to us that we were in danger. You know, we had fights. You know, there was, there were fights on the playground. There was fights when I was in high school out in the parking lot between different groups of people, between two, you know, in fact, When I was in the ninth grade, a girl that, you know, was really mad at me that day, whose name was also Donna, which was kind of weird. We were the only two in the school. But, you know, she got mad at me and walked up to my locker. And when I turned around, she decked me. And today, I'm really happy that she didn't, she couldn't go out and buy an AR. I might have been dead. Because guess what? She had a ninth grade mind. I think we're about 14 or 15 then. Our frontal lobe is not formed. All those connections have not been made. She had trauma in her life as a child and as a, as a teenager that made it so that when I called a foul on her in our in gym class playing basketball, she was humiliated and it triggered her in some way so that she had wanted to go and get the person that shamed her. She felt ashamed by having a foul called on her in basketball. And that was it. I could have been dead today. I could have been dead not even sitting here as a 14-year-old if we had the kind of access to guns that this boy had. I grew up during the Vietnam era. I was in college then. And, you know, we saw the the carnage of the war on TV almost every day. You know, for anybody that cares, (laughs) uh, the Kent State massacre when the uh, 
military opened up on protesters against the war was on the Newsweek magazine cover. The young woman who's holding her friend's head in her arms. And they didn't, like, black that out. It was right there. And and I really believe, and, you know, I know that um, I'm not going to take this belief myself, all to myself, but um, Dave has the same belief that, you know, we saw that carnage every day, and that's part of the reason that that war ended. We got out. Because the people in this country saw it on their TV every day. It wasn't fuzzed out or blacked out. We saw it. We saw those heads exploding. We saw Milai. We saw the horror of what those kind of weapons can do to people, to individuals. We don't see it now. We don't want to be upset by anything. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm upset now. I'm tired of not only school shootings where, you know, these children are massacred and it's on the nightly news and the morning news and everybody's got their prayers and thoughts. I'm with Steve Kerr. They don't need our prayers and thoughts. They need us to act like adults, functional adults. Let's review. What does a functional adult act like? Well, okay, functional adults, are they know themselves. They know who they are. They seek facts. Okay, they seek the facts so that they can make good decisions. Oh, they make decisions with their brain based on facts. They participate in life. They take care of themselves. They eat right. They don't drink too much. They don't, you know, it's like a functional adult at their age. And when, and when you see a senator this morning talk about, well, I can see that armed officers Really, it works. It's, you know, it's shown that having armed officers at schools work. This guy is a senator from Texas where there was just 19 children massacred with armed officers standing outside and they couldn't do anything because this 18-year-old had a weapon of mass destruction against their pistols. They didn't, and they were shot. He was getting into that school no matter what. I don't know what his trouble was. I don't know. Obviously, he was troubled. And another thing that Steve Kerr said is that we are hostage to 50 senators who will not pass laws to make it illegal to just walk in and buy a gun without without some kind of background check you know if it if you show up as having mental illness or having been hospitalized for mental illness or you're a felon or you know you shouldn't be able to buy a gun 
you're not responsible enough. You know, for all we know, this young boy was mentally ill and hearing voices to tell him to go shoot those kids for their own good. You don't know. But I can tell you this. His brain wasn't formed. His frontal lobe wasn't done yet. And those really important connections had not been made. And he was a boy. A really upset and distressed boy. They did, uh, I did hear one person and, you know, this wasn't from the police. So I don't know how, uh, how factual it was, but it wouldn't surprise me. She is a woman who was there, you know, at the, one of the people in the town. And they asked her if she knew him and she said yes. And that he'd always been a bully. You know, I talked about bullies before. Bullies are acting out the unresolved emotions of what's happening to them. That's all. You're not born a bully. You're not born a bully. It happens to you because of trauma. You know, you probably think that I sound like a broken record. Trauma, childhood trauma that is not handled appropriately creates mentally ill people. They either become addicts and or they get mentally ill. They they have mental illness. And all depression and anxiety is mental illness. Now, there are some brain disorders that occur for whatever reason we don't know. Where, you know, it's probably not about feeling unsafe in your family. But it most likely is. And now we know that these these events in children's lives cause mental illness and addiction. And I I want to reach out to everybody who might be listening to this podcast and say that if you have a mental illness or an addiction, there's got to be help for you. I know that it might be hard to find. I know that it might be expensive. But if you're an addict, you can walk into a 12-step meeting today or get online and go to meetings all day long if you want to today and that those 12-step programs work. You might not agree with, you know, that in the big book it just says he or him or refers to God and not goddess or, you know, that kind of triggered me when I first went. But, you know, it's like, get over it. We're looking for a way for you to be able to show up for yourself so that you could take care of business. A 12-step program doesn't need to be you know, taken apart to make sure we're using the right pronouns. It's about saving people's lives from addiction. And those rules are simple. 
you stop putting it in your mouth or your vein or up your nose or whatever you're doing addictively. You're not using internet pornography to escape unresolved trauma. You got to stop the behavior first. You must stop the behavior first. Nothing will help you unless you stop that behavior. Now, for those of you who don't have addictions and you do have mental illness, you can call the National Institute of Mental Health. There are, you know, it's, <laughs> phone books are things that you probably, you may not even know about, but you can get online and look under help for mentally ill. There is help available. It might be hard to find, but it is available. Don't go out and buy an AR and walk into a school and start shooting people. Or how about don't go buy an AR and walk into a grocery store and start shooting people. Since I saw you last, there have been two mass shootings. What is going on? I know it's crazy out there. I know every day we're dealing with climate change, fires, floods, hurricanes that are out of control. I know we're dealing with a war in Ukraine. I know that we're dealing with, you know, rising prices and supply chain issues. and, And we're dealing with mass shootings. Oh, it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole of what is happening to us. I don't know. I don't even pretend to know. What I do know and what I do to, to deal with this every day so that I can do what adults do, self-care, knowing, gathering facts, making decisions based on your brain, is that I need to know that I have to do those things so that I can get a good night's sleep. Have you ever tried to make good decisions without a good night's sleep? They're not going to be good decisions. So we're asking, or I'm asking you, if you're listening, please do good self-care through this. Make good decisions. And I'm just making a plea that if you care about these children that can get ARs and go out and shoot other kids or a mad, angry person who can go out and get an AR and shoot people in a grocery store because they don't like the color of their skin, if you care about this, contact your senators and say, get these laws passed. And there are some other laws that I'm going to be talking about in my next session, and those are the mental health laws and the mental health system that continues to fail. So until then, please take care of yourself. Do self-care. Don't go down the rabbit hole. You need the facts about what's going on, but you don't need to be listening to it and watching it day and night. 
it's too distressful. Your brain is on fire and you won't be able to do good self-care, which means you're not going to be able to act your age and you make bad decisions. And so until then, please take care of yourself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2022, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.